1: Hammer and Rails podcast. Coming to you live after a loss for the first time in God knows how long. I mean, this is the first time in 2018 that we've had a basketball loss. And as expected, people are having a field day with it. Uh, There is much wailing and gnashing of teeth out there. We've been told to stop telling people to calm down and everything else. So, uh, we we thought we'd have a podcast tonight. Uh, with me tonight, it's a two-man podcast. It's Juan from Ann Arbor, and we're going to be talking some basketball with Ohio State's game uh, the other night, and Michigan State coming up. How you doing, Juan? Not too bad.
2: It's been a while since I've been on the podcast.
1: Well, especially considering that soon you will be Dr. Crespo.
2: Yes, this is true.
1: Which, but. is a sidebar, I I have to chuckle because uh, at my day job, one of the regular businesses that I work for and uh, do updates on their website is for a dentist, I believe, somewhere out in British Columbia. It's Dr. Crapo. So, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> I, I can't help but That's... chuckle that it's Dr. Crapo every time, and he's got like this blog, this dental blog that he does a post every week, and. He'll like, it's time to talk to
2: Dr. Crapo. See, that's where you just take advantage of it. And, you know, yep, I'm the crapoest doctor in town.
1: There we go. I don't know.
2: There's a reason why I'm not going to be a medical doctor. So I'm going to tell people, I'll be able to correct you, but I can't fix you.
1: Yeah. This is true. But speaking of crapo, we have Wednesday night's crapo loss in Mackie Arena. We lost in Mackey Arena. And I think that's probably what stings the most out of
2: all of this is we weren't expecting to lose at home this year.
0: Mm. And
2: well, most of us were not expecting us to lose at home. I didn't really say this out loud on like the Twitter sphere or anything, but I think you Travis can confirm that at least in the group me in the group chats, and I said this to one or two other people in person, I said that Purdue will drop one home game, it'll probably be against Ohio State. But uh, but it stings the way it happens. Yes. Uh- it does. It does. And of course, I also the caveat was that Purdue would lose to Ohio State, Michigan State and a bad team on the road. And I didn't and I didn't realize that at the time, Ohio State, and Michigan State were back to back. I honestly think it was coming. I I think you're
1: right. It's just it's such a Purdue loss. You're looking at the final stats and you see that Purdue led for almost 35 minutes of the game. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ohio State was in the lead for less than three minutes. Total, and they, they won, and it took such a number of factors for them to win. You have the banked-in three-pointer. You have Jallo and Wesson hitting six threes when I believe coming in they had a combined, like, 17 uh, across 25 games, which is— <laughs> you, you're not expecting that every night. And you have an off night for Vince. You only have four Purdue players score, and it was still a one-point loss. Obviously, there's some positives to take from that in that, hey, it took almost a perfect storm for us to lose by a point, but it still hurts because it's a one-point loss to the probably the one team we couldn't afford to lose to in Big Ten play since they've been so hot themselves.
2: Right. I said after the game, and, you know, there's probably some anger associated with it, but I think it's still true. I said when you only beat Rutgers by two points and fail to adjust, you deserve to lose. Like I said, there was some anger involved in that, but I really think that this loss was an, a culmination of the lackluster play that Purdue has had since, at least since they beat Iowa. You know, they completely destroyed three teams. And, you know, the last few games that just been very close, but I mean, they've been excusable. I mean, Michigan is a hot team every now and then, and they always give us our best. You know, I use a rival game, so they're always going to give us our best shot. But also, when it came around to the Maryland game, I mean, Maryland already came in down three players. And two of their players had to sit on the bench without trouble. So they're essentially down to maybe six people. And yet they were still giving us trouble. And then, of course, there was the Rutgers game uh, as well. where You only win by two points, even though Purdue was starting to build a lead. And it seems like the story of these games, usually it seems to be the second chance points, I feel. You know, Purdue's really been struggling with rebounding ever since Biggie left. I mean, that's no surprise whatsoever.
1: People are quick to blame the rebounding we
2: only were out rebounded by one last night and very right, right. <laughs> but it's not just rebounding it's the offensive rebounds and them being able to get a second chance points you know i'll let them rebound all the hell they want but as long as they don't score that's all that matters Three of, their, three
1: of their six offensive rebounds came in the final possession last night, though. That's, that's what stings, is
2: we did a good job until the last minute. This has been accumulating for a while. Like, against Michigan, you know, they were so hot, but part of it, too, is they had 19 second-chance points to our five, you know, <laughs> so they were missing their shots. But then when you allow them to get their own shots and get points off of that, that's what really hurts. That's what can really kill your drive or even give them the momentum that they need. IU, not so much. I, they had six to our seven so another difference there uh let's see not too much difference with maryland rutgers had 14 second chance points to r four and then with ohio state they had eight but what well, we had two so sure it was only eight but those were huge eight huge points especially right at the end i mean that's the thing it's like you can give up the rebounds but you know the defense has to refocus and it seems like whenever we give up those offensive rebounds our defense just seems lost they look like deer in the headlights and next thing you know an ohio state player that never hits a three pointer is hitting multiple of them
1: and, and I, I don't think it helps that even through all that we still almost had it last night i mean i i to me i don't know how carson did not come out with that rebound with 16 seconds left uh the the one right before they uh right before the final shot really and it looked yeah. like we were going to get the ball back and you know you could say well there's no guarantee we win the game because even if he's fouled immediately and hits two free throws they can still come down and hit a three or whatever There were so many points last night, even when you take away the rebounding, where Purdue just could not put them away. And I have to give credit to Ohio State. I mean, defensively, they did make the adjustments that they needed to adjust, but, you know, Purdue was also making their own adjustments and everything else. I thought we did a great job on Bates' job, and I felt that we did a good job of still, you know, forcing them into some relatively poor shooting and everything, but... This morning, as usual, people are like, well, Painter just refused to adjust. Well, he did adjust, and that's that's the thing, is you make adjustments, other teams make adjustments, and but it still comes down to making the plays on the floor, and Purdue was not able to do it. I mean, you can't go, I don't care who you're playing, you can't go the last 10 minutes of the game when you only hit two field goals, and that's exactly what happened last night.
2: And the thing is, I think, yeah, we did adjust, but part of me thinks was it a little too late the other thing is that no lead is safe against Ohio State you have to remember this team was down 20 points against Michigan came Mm -hmm. back and won they were down double digits or I think it was double digits against Penn State late and they still tied the game and of course Carr had that ridiculous three-point shot to win it but still like they're able to go on these deadly runs and the run they had last night was very it was a very slow and painful death
1: and it was all because we weren't hitting at that point because we hit we Scored ten points in the last ten minutes. Uh, Vince hit a three, and the only reason he got the open three was that was when uh, Tate got uh, run over by Haas, which probably should have been a half foul on Haas. But but you know he gets an open look at a three, and then uh, the only other field goal we hit was the uh, three point play on our last possession. There, you just can't do that. I it, it was an entire night where our whole offense was off, and you know some other little things that you see in the box score here. P.J. Thompson's 0 for 5 from 3. How many times have we seen him hit the big 3-pointer? I mean, there were at least 2 there in the last 8 minutes that that's the type of shot he hits where he hasn't scored the whole game and then he'll knock down a wide-open 3. And so, you know, you have that being uncharacteristic. Dakota... Yeah, he hit a couple of threes, but five turnovers. I mean, has, has he had five turnovers all season. So many little things went into this one, and ah, just I've been thinking about it all day, and it just ah, drives me crazy.
2: I mean, there's so many little things you can pick up especially when it's just a one-point loss. Really, any one-possession loss, you can easily find every little thing. Like, if we just didn't have this one turnover. If Haas just made that one dunk, and by the way, stop, stop. F- talking about Haas' missed dunk. Exactly. He had 18 points when 7 for 11 I don't know if I included that earlier, if we said this before the intro. I don't know. It's all a blur at this point. But leave the man alone. Especially the next
1: possession, he hit a tough hook shot for an and one, so he made up for it immediately. So, but, And also, let's stop talking about, well, Painter took Carson out when he was on fire. Carson was out for 71 seconds of the second half. Real ugly don't teams don't
2: need breaks, Travis. Yeah, they, they don't they, need they, water.
1: When Carson was out... In the second half for their 71 seconds they made up one point so taking Carson out was not the reason we lost the game I'm sorry I mean it also comes down to what the hell is our bench doing nothing
2: right Klein Eastern Eifert and Harms all came off the bench and only one of them attempted a, a shot And that was Eastern.
1: Yeah, and I think it was a missed layup. I think he tried to drive in traffic and missed the layup.
2: I mean, Harms, you know, we're not expecting too much offensively from him. But Klein is supposed to be, like, the secret weapon off the bench. Yeah, and he's not even been shooting. Right, and... I don't know what's going on. Maybe he needs to shave again because he's always shooting good when he has that baby face going, but I don't know what's going on. Honestly, I do think this loss was a wake up call. I really hope it was because they had really been playing with fire over the last few games, like reading records by two, struggling against a very mediocre Maryland team at home. You know, IU, I'll forgive. Michigan, you know, yes, both teams were playing out of their minds. But when you look, especially when you look at those second chance points, it was a game that Purdue might have, should have had, like, a bigger margin there, I think.
1: How much do you think has been just some fatigue and the flu going through the team, too? Because remember, I mean, we had, we, I think it was PJ missed most of the Minnesota game. So he's been battling in. I know Vince obviously was battling in against Maryland and against Rutgers. But they, they seemed a little fatigued last night, too. And I... I know other teams have had a more compressed schedule, and we actually were very, very lucky without nearly as many Monday games or Friday games or three games in one week here. But it does seem like the just the grind is getting to them a little
2: bit. I mean maybe but at the same time this is a team with four seniors like they're used to this by now they're used to playing from you know by the time the season starts in when all the practices start in the summer even the unofficial ones and playing through march so i really don't buy that as an excuse and they've had plenty of rest between each games i think but i think part of it vincent's sickness did impact the team at least last week because sure he was still able to score points and whatnot but for some reason like it seemed you seemed like he was still in a bit of a fog and maybe even last night as well because he really is the on-court general for this team you know you always think of the point guards but really Vincent's the one who's able to coordinate where uh, Haas and the harm should go and where the point guards might be open and where they can go when you take that piece away this team kind of struggles a little bit I think and we've been seeing that in the last few weeks. That doesn't excuse, you know, these lackluster performances. That means that other guys need to step up. Uh, so where where do you think the Big Ten
1: race goes from here? I mean, the, the, the other side of that coin is it's not like we get to turn around and play Illinois on Saturday to get a, a quote-unquote easier recovery. No, we have to go play— the other team battling for the Big Ten. And, you know, suddenly after two and a half months without losing, we could be on a two-game losing streak, and all those old demons will be coming back with the... Oh well, now at Purdue actually had to play some competition. Look what happened, and well, they started twelve and zero, but then they once they had to actually play some teams in the Big Ten that are actually can actually challenge them, they couldn't get it done, and all that. And do we lose the number one seed if we were to lose at Michigan State? I mean, yes. And really, it's like, where where do we go from here? And what what do you see happening on Saturday against a really good Michigan State team? And I think one that most Purdue fans were like, okay, we're fine with the split this week because we're not expecting to win in East Lansing.
2: It really is a must-win game, I think. Because it is true that if Purdue does not win against Michigan State, that shows that, you know, maybe that 19-game winning streak was against some Lackluster teams. Like you can make the excuse that Arizona was in a lump Louisville is not as good as it should be this year. You know, after that, I think Butler might be the best team that they beat. And even then, it was on you know a neutral. So you can make all these. Ex- There's a chance for a lot of excuses to be made.
1: And I'm not. I'm not buying the whole oh, Arizona was, was. No, we we whooped Arizona's ass. Right. I'm sorry. I, right. They're they're really talented. And it, they were only missing one guy, and we still just went out and dominated them. And if they chose not to play that game, too bad. Well, we still. <laughs> Up right, right,
2: right. But the point that I'm trying to make is that it, it really does hurt Purdue's chances because the Big Ten is also quite weak this week, this year. So if Purdue was, you know, able to dominate the rest of the conference, but they can't beat the other two best teams in this conference that's on a down year, what does that say? What does that, how does the selection committee, how does the rest of the country perceived that, then, of Purdue. Right. And,
1: you know, it's it just, I'm still leery of Michigan State. And may, maybe I'm just a little bit overly concerned with them and just have been building them up because they've had some weak weaknesses themselves. And, look, they were lucky to beat Iowa this week. And <laughs> look what we did to Iowa. Right. So, you know, may, maybe I'm wrong and maybe they're a better matchup for us because, they are not going to go small like these other teams. Like Ohio State went small, and that's how they changed things up on us and whatnot. So, you know, I really, I really tend to agree with you. I think, I think it's kind of a must-win if, uh, if we're going to still win the Big Ten outright and still get a number one seed. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, we could end up losing this. We could still. End up sharing the Big Ten at 16 and 2 because I I think that that's the most likely scenario if we drop this one, where we'll finish 16 and 2, Ohio State will finish 16 and 2, and Michigan State will finish 16 and 2. And we'll all share it. Kind of the uh, winner in New York gets the uh, higher seed in March, and you still get a number one seed there if we win the Big Ten tournament. But you know, it's I I really do agree with you in that it it kind of feels like a must win. So if anything, just to prove that, okay, we can win a game like this when it matters.
2: Part of the thing that I'm thinking, too, is um, I was talking about this with Paul Banks of the Sports Bank website last week in chicago i always say that purdue is the best february team in the nation like under the baby boilers and even under the last two seasons it always seemed like purdue always plays its best basketball in february but as soon as march comes around it just collapses or just loses the games at the absolute worst time maybe we're seeing this a full month in advance you know we play very well in january but now that february's come around we're teetering off a little bit And sure, that can sound a little bit scary because it's happening at a time when we're playing Michigan State and Ohio State. But at the same time, this gives Purdue a chance to correct itself. Right. And see like, hey, where are the errors that are going wrong? Hey, maybe only having four players score is not exactly the best strategy.
1: (laughs) You see see some other things out there. It's not like teams are separating themselves out and running away as, you know, a definite top five in the nation, even if we were to drop this game to Michigan State on saturday right uh you know look at villanova everybody's been talking about how number how great they are and they were number one and deservedly so they just lost to a
2: crap ass st john's team at home hey they beat Much Duke now. worse than ohio <laughs> state and that same st john's being lost to duke or beat duke i should say Kansas lost at home to a mediocre Oklahoma State team and you know the top 10 teams have just been a mess I have, for a while Nova UVA and Purdue were the only consistent things up there and even now that's been mixed up it's a very long season the February just started and this is where a lot of things can be shaken up but we've seen plenty of teams struggle in February February that go on and dominate in March so really the performance that occurs this month doesn't mean much when the tournament comes other than probably your seeding and whatnot but really it can also just come down to what kind of bracket you get you know one seed can we could be the one seed but we could have one of the toughest brackets where if we drop down to a two seed who knows maybe we get gifted with an easier bracket I don't know, you know. It's so okay. You, you just have no idea what kind of matchups you're going to get.
1: And, and you just look at what's happened this week. If Purdue wins on Saturday, it's entirely possible—at uh, it, that point, three of the top five will have lost this week. And that's before you even consider what Virginia and, uh, and Xavier could do over the weekend and everything. Because Xavier still has a tough game at Creighton that they could lose. So— it's interesting to see, and it, you, just from a Big Ten perspective, I just feel like kind of like we were robbed. Like, well, of course we were supposed to win the Big Ten. Now, some, what do you mean Ohio State could win or, win the Big Ten? We were supposed to do this. I mean, what what are they, what do they think they're doing going 12 and one in the conference at this point? Cause <laughs> what
2: nobody, are they
1: doing with this winning? Only we can win. Damn it! Right. Well, nobody expected this, and you know I've got to give them credit because they played some really good basketball. They played— Played very well defensively last night, and not a lot of teams are going to come back when down 14 in Mackey Arena with 10 minutes left to go. So, you know, I got to give them a ton of credit and everything. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping, like you said, that this is the wake-up call and this is kind of that hits the reset button. Because if we can get past Michigan State, and that's a huge if right now,
2: obviously, things are a lot easier until going into the tournament. I still hold back from my original prediction that Purdue probably loses this weekend at Michigan State. And even if they do lose, yes, that does cost us the number one seed, probably. And yes, it probably does cost us a chance to win the Big Ten title. But if that means that it gives Purdue power and time to adjust for a, a run in a tournament, then so be it. I'll take that sacrifice for now.
1: Do you think we're still on? Do you think we're on a uh, Final Four or bust type of run
2: right now? I still think for us, the ceiling... The expectation is the Elite Eight. And I say that just because there's so much chaos to say I can't say any team out there is the final four team so I'm not just saying this to be a hater or negative or anything like I really just can't positively say who is going to the final four at this point but I do think that Purdue has a the talent they have the ability to make it to the elite eight and then from there it's a coin flip to get into the final four
1: I, I think you're right and like you said a lot of it just depends on what matchup you get and everything else and you know I I think that there are teams that if we were to run into them as a one Seed and they were say where they were a four seed, I think they could be a nightmare of a matchup for us. But I'm also of the oh, for crying out loud, I've been watching this team my entire life. And the last time they made a final four, I was six months old. Is this ever going to happen again?
2: Yes. Purdue will make it to the Final Four at some point in your lifetime. Again. I hope you're right. Well, they did, just was six months old. That's what I'm saying. Again. I was saying, again. like, statistically speaking, you know, they're going to make it back to the Final Four. Whether it's under a painter or someone else, we'll find out. I cannot promise you that. Uh, This
1: has become my sports white whale since the Cubs won the World Series. I can't help it.
2: Who knows? We just... Saw the Eagles win their first Super Bowl. The Astros just won their first World Series. Georgia made it to the playoffs and to the championship game for the first time in a long time. So who knows? This could transition over to something you'd want to do, uh,
1: talk about in the in the pre-show, and then we can finish on this. <laughs> I think at that point, um, I'm going to have to break out the superstitions and everything. And if we were to make the Elite Eight, I'm going to bed, just falling asleep in the second half. Because, I mean, that's how the Cubs won the World <laughs>
2: Series. No, 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 no. You have to do that for the national title game. No, no, no. We got to get to the final four first. Right. But like, okay, but the Cubs hadn't made it to even the World Series in your lifetime. And you were awake for when they made it to the World Series. You just just fell asleep during the extra innings of Game 7 of the World Series. Yes. But no, the thing that we were checking out before the show, and I'm not, you know, this is before I even edited, so I have no idea if we're putting it in the, if we have a cold open or anything, but it's like, I was thinking back to all the superstitions I had during this 19 uh, game winning streak. Like, for example, I remember putting in, because it was right after, because Purdue started their winning streak right after Thanksgiving, and I came home, had a new bottle of shampoo that I had to put in the shower, and I remember, even once that bottle finished up i did not take it out because i remember i put that bottle of shampoo here when purdue started winning and if i take it out purdue might lose and that bottle had been sitting there until this morning and so when purdue lost i'm like you know what i can finally take out that damn shampoo bottle so honestly i want to kind of hear tweet at us leave in the comments whether on facebook or webpage. well this is a way for us to know that you actually listened to the whole podcast let us know what, what were your superstitions over the 19 game winning streak or was there something that you Didn't do before the Ohio State game that cost Purdue a win. I still think Purdue lost because they gave out stupid bobbleheads. Purdue sucks when they give out the bobbleheads. They lost on Rick Mount bobblehead night. They lost when they gave out a Purdue beat bobblehead against Minnesota last year, and we lost when they gave out the Brian Cardinal bobblehead against Ohio State. Damn it! No more bobbleheads.
1: (laughs) We're having a crusade against bobblehead. I I know for me, it it was the uh, every time that I thought about doing something to keep it going it was like the, no i can't do that because that's superstitious and that just means that, that that means that if i go and do it because it's superstitious it'll it'll break it i i understand what you mean by going into that i know when i was in high school and uh, with the basketball team back then i was I was terrible about the superstitions. Like I had to eat the right, I had to eat a certain meal before games and it was a different meal if it was a Friday night game or if it was a Saturday night game. Uh, I had to uh, be one of the first at the gym. I had to, you know, make the last shot as we left the floor during warmups and everything else. And I, I, I went completely overboard and just almost had a, I had like an OCD level of uh, just different superstitions that I had to do, and especially when it would get into the tournament. But uh, fortunately, I'm older now, and I don't know if I would say wiser, but uh, at least somewhat more mature, allegedly. You know, I'm just, I'm trying to just, let things happen and yeah you know, that's that's really what i did during the whole 19 game winning streak was the whole all right i just i want to enjoy this uh while it's happening because i already have the purdue ptsd talking to me and Yes, after last night, of course it's talking to me again. It was the, well, it was a very Purdue loss, of course. They led by they led by a certain amount. They led this amount in the game. They led for 34 minutes of the game, and we still lost. It was a very Purdue type of loss. <laughs> so, you know, naturally, even if we were to go to Michigan State and win, it's still going to be the, yeah, but... What's gonna happen if you get into March and they end up blowing the second round game as the number one seed with only three losses overall? Mm-hmm. And that—that's just been kind of sitting in the back of my head all season long. Is the they're gonna to get to the tournament? They're gonna to be like. 31 and 3, and they're gonna get upset by a nine seed in the second round. Why? Because that's the most pretty thing they could do.
2: Yeah. Well, I remember there was a series that BTN did on superstitions as well a while ago. And Painter was even on there saying it's like, yeah, I have some superstitions like getting ready for the game, and I think, oh, I should wear that tie. But then I remember we're two and seven when I wear that tie. So maybe I shouldn't. And then they also had Dakota saying, like, gotta make sure you put the sock, the right sock on first before the left, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So who knows? Maybe maybe Painter. Painter wore his unlucky tie for all the uh, anti-coach Painter people, and maybe Dakota put on his left sock on first instead of his right, and that's why he had five turnovers and six points. Who knows?
1: Maybe, maybe uh, Vince was locked in the basement of Stewart Center, and we got Vincent last night. I don't know.
2: Maybe. On that note, we should probably wrap this up.
1: Absolutely. Uh, any final thoughts or a prediction
2: for Saturday? I know you uh, keep saying uh, keep saying that it's going to be. I mean, I th- I still I'm still going to go with the loss. Just you know. It, the 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 breslin center is a tough place i know msu has been struggling but you know you just get a feeling that they're gonna come out playing a perfect game and i say that too because i'm probably going to be there as well so i'm sorry (laughs) i apologize ahead of time but i kind of want to go to the game but who knows the email says they don't have a lot of media availability so i might be stuck in the tv room but hey you know what I'm just happy to be there.
1: Uh, if, if you're in the TV room, then if uh, they start if they start playing well, do not go out in the arena. I, I think they'll recover, and I think we'll see a game where maybe the three points shooting starts to fall after a couple of cold games here, at least cold by our usual standards and everything and, you know, I I, I think that uh, if we get a wake-up call, it, it, if, if this is indeed a wake-up call, I think we can pull it off on Saturday and you know, I had a bad feeling the other night and I ended up being right about Ohio State. I kind of have a good feeling about this on Saturday, so uh, we, if we end up losing by third you know, you can come back on me and say, you know, well, good. You mentioned that we had a good feeling, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, even if we lose this weekend, yeah, it really hurts chances, but still a lot of basketball to be played.
1: Absolutely. It's not like we're going to miss the tournament. All
2: right. Well,
1: for Juan and myself here, uh, we'll go ahead and uh, sign off on this short podcast. Thanks. Hope to see you watching with us on Saturday and where up.